You're listening to the B-Fox and B-Frank show, and Clemson is the national champions, and, I mean, pretty much killed Alabama in the process. As we all expected. Beginning yeah. of the year, we all called it. Even last week, we all said, Alabama's done. Clemson's time to shine. It's going to be a blowout. But it was... It felt like a Big 12 game pretty early. There were, what, three scores before five minutes elapsed on the game clock? And then things slowed down a little bit. Alabama's offense forgot how to football at the goal line multiple times. And then Clemson, I mean, Trevor Lawrence was unbelievable in this game. And and 30 unanswered points against a team like Alabama, 47 points scored is just crazy. Or 44, excuse me. Yeah, part part of Alabama's problem was uh, kind of falling behind and trying to play catch up. Um, kept basically turning the ball over on downs because the the yardage ended up being pretty similar um, yeah. for you know what turned out to be a blowout of a game. But I mean, Clemson was so efficient offensively. Trevor Lawrence to Justin Ross, time and again. Those guys are both freshmen, which is terrifying Yikes. for everyone in college football. Um, for Watch them out, to do Pitt. that. Yeah, for for them to do that on a defensive unit like Alabama, even though, as we've said all year, not necessarily quite as formidable as some past Alabama teams. Super it's young in the top, secondary. Yeah, still a top 10 unit in the country, I would say. Um, so for them to eviscerate it, nobody really saw this coming. Um, I mean, I think at worst, you could say, you know, this game was a coin flip, but... I mean, I don't think anybody outside of, you know, maybe Clemson could have seen this coming. I don't even know if there they saw. Like, if you if you told Dabo, you know, you're going to win 44-16, Trevor Lawrence is going to have three touchdowns, almost 350 yards, he'd say, okay, what video game are you playing? Because that's not yeah. real life. And yeah, that, that, could make it be, anymore. that could just be him blowing smoke, which he did a lot of post-game, or it could be... Uh, you know, him truly not believing it. But I, I don't think there's any world in which he's like, yeah, that's 100% right. We're absolutely going to do that. That's a fair point. And, yeah, there's a difference between, you know, believing in your team and being realistic. Like, right. fully expect they expected to win. Um, but, I mean, not in this fashion is fair. But, again, Lawrence Ross, both freshmen, Etienne, sophomore all the the skill position guys are coming back there they're obviously losing guys in the trenches on both sides of the ball but i mean secondary play is more is, important essentially at this rate like yeah you're gonna run you're gonna stop the run you know that's just how college football works very few teams run the ball well and the ones that do usually are the triple option teams and then the very usually only run the ball yeah yeah that I mean, it's it's a passing game. That's what we've seen, and that's that's what wins games. But I mean, <laughs> we're gonna see this game again next year, right? This this is gonna be the national title because all both of these teams were super young. This is as motivated as you're ever going to see a Nick Saban team coming yeah. in next year. Like, incredible. He's going to be pissed off. They're going to be pissed off, um, and. I would expect a full Scorched Earth tour. Basically what Michigan kind of thought it was doing um, this year. That's quote-unquote revenge tour. Um, But Alabama, I mean, Alabama I could honestly see just taking it to every single team. There were times this year where 
they almost seemed a little bored at the lack of competition in some of their games um, in and out of the SEC. But, I mean, next year I'd just expect them to try to run the score up on anybody. And there are going to – I mean, this is going to be an obvious statement, but there will be other good teams in college football next year. Uh, if you like a team like Georgia, um, yeah. they're certainly going to be expecting to be in the mix next year. But Ohio State? Yeah. I mean, Haskins will be big to replace, so see who, who ends up coming out there. But, um, I mean, as it stands, it'll, it'll take a, a monumental effort to stop Bama Clemson 5 from happening. So as the, somebody. the joke question I posed on Twitter, but was kind of like half serious. Is Alabama really a good team? Or were they were they a good team this year? I mean They barely got by Georgia, who got blown out by Texas. You know, they also got blown out by LSU. Was Georgia a good team? Like he it, it becomes a was this team really that good as you move down their schedule? Yeah, the uh, I mean, by by most statistical measures, this was Saban's like most dominant Alabama team. But it's very easy, like you said, to fall down that rabbit hole of, you know, we thought Georgia was so good because they gave Bama such a good game. See what happens when they play somebody else, LSU or a Texas. They don't look quite as fearsome and. I mean, yeah. Alabama, I, I guess that's like we, they we beat Oklahoma, really and Oklahoma literally had no defense. Yeah, they essentially fielded ten guys the entire game. So, it, I mean, it's funny how uh, I also saw someone say, uh, "If you put Alabama's blind resume up against some of the other playoff teams, do they get in without the name recognition? Like, is that the only reason Alabama's in this game? Because it's a fair point." They they didn't they were convincing in the first half against Oklahoma and then kind of cakewalked the rest of the way. But where are their marquee wins? Like, I think the SEC is a tough con. I mean, the toughest conference, but it's not as deep and as strong as people seem to think. Well, that yeah, that was a huge thing working for them was name recognition. That's why had they lost to Georgia, they still would have gotten in without any sort of debate or discussion because yeah. they're Alabama and that's just what happens. Yep. But I mean, they, they certainly wouldn't have deserved to. Um, and I mean, to be clear, I think I, Alabama this, is one of the four best teams, but I think this is a conversation yeah, that has to be had because you're saying it about Oklahoma and Notre Dame, two teams that lost one total game this year or one game going into the playoff and they lose in convincing fashion, and now everyone's like, oh, were they even good enough to be in the playoff? And it's like, well, Alabama just lost by more than both teams uh, in their those games, in the semifinal games. So did Alabama really belong? Right, right. Like, um, Notre Dame's sole loss really was nothing. to the national title, or national champ. Yeah, yeah, by less than Bama. There yes. is nothing, like, so different about, you know, Bama and... Uh, Notre Dame schedules that would have justified, you know, completely giving Bama a free pass Mm -hmm. while putting Notre Dame under such intense scrutiny. But because of the names on the jerseys, that's exactly what happens. Um, Yeah. So it's, it's not going to change anytime soon in college football, which is the frustrating part of being a fan. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think it's, I think it's a good thing to talk through as well. Like 
we're both not dumb. We both agree and know that Alabama deserved to be in the playoff. They, you know, they deserved to be in the national championship. They won their game. They were a good team. Like Tua had a historic year. The defense is young, but they're still good. You know, they have un- a stable of running backs that are great. They just didn't play well in the game that counted. Yeah, I mean, it's it's possible to have reasonable discussions um, and not just black and white and make it. Yeah. You know, a, a pro SEC or anti SEC argument. Like there's nuance is possible. Yeah. Believe it or not. <laughs> that's that's stunning. Um the other thing we wanted to, to talk about from this game is uh that Bama fake field goal. Mm. Was that was that the worst fake field goal design of all time? Fake field goal, yes. Not the worst fake I've ever seen before. The well, Colts no, against the no. Patriots. That was, a, that was a punt. Yeah, that was the worst play ever. But that was the worst. Who lead blocks with their kicker? And, like, no shit, the kicker didn't go pick up the blitzing linebacker on the play. <laughs> what is he supposed to do? And, yeah, like, Clemson was completely playing that, looking for the fake, and yep. then... Not only do you have the kicker as the lead blocker, you're also going into a line that is made up of several future NFL draft picks, probably multiple first rounders. Um, so I guess that, like, your special teams line. Yeah, literally expecting any other result is just insanity. That was I, that, I couldn't I, believe what I saw. Yeah, that was, I mean that was that was kind of both uh, an exclamation point and also just. Like the beginning of the ends for Alabama, they they really didn't get anything going uh, the rest of the way, except when they turned it over on downs, just again and again, and Clemson just kept scoring. It it felt like I wouldn't say it was the turning point because I think Clemson had the momentum pretty much from that pick six on. Oh yeah, it, it was just like it was the nail under. in the coffin. Yeah, yeah, it, it was. It wasn't the turning point like the Georgia fake punt against Alabama in the SEC title game, which this that got swept under the rug so quickly because if that doesn't happen, like, Georgia wins that game. But yeah. anyways, <laughs> so just stupid, stupid play. And, like, I can't – I mean, Saban took credit for it or, like, took the fault for it. I mean, yeah. It is what it is. But part of me thinks he kind of wanted to lose this game because he knew, like, next year he's just going to eviscerate every team in his path. Like, this wasn't the worst outcome. I, w- I shouldn't say he wanted to lose, but I'll say, like, this was far from the worst outcome. Like, a uh, last-second loss, like a walk-off touchdown like last year, would have been worse than them getting just the doors blown off them. Yeah, I mean, Saban would be, like, the only coach to kind of strategically lose as yeah. bulletin board material, but... There's no no doubt he really wanted this one, especially with kind of the the budding rivalry um, yeah. with Clemson um, on the national scale. It's it's kind of dual dominance at this point. They're the exact um, same team if you look at them record wise, right? Yeah, um, and Clemson beat them to first to go fifteen and zero in the modern era. Yeah. So it's not can't be can't be happy about that. But again, yeah, we'll. Uh, possibly see this again next year um but that's more more than enough motivation he and his staff need yeah i think that's another thing um he'll he'll need to greatly improve the staff he had 
Um, this year, Mike Loxley, really not the answer. still find it hilarious that Maryland hired him to be their head coach because um, Bama's offense just looked lost and not prepared at all against yeah. Clemson. And, I mean, that – that really can't happen. Like, like Venables for, is a for, good coordinator, but he's not. Yeah, he's not like a magician out there. You know what you're gonna get. You're gonna see delayed blitzes. You're gonna see, uh, you know, double coverage over the top on your top receivers. It, it it's not the toughest thing in the world to figure out. Right. And like for all the shit that you know they they might get various other things. Like Lane Kiffin was a great offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. Even even Sark was a pretty dang good offensive coordinator at Alabama. Yeah, NFL different story, but Loxley really really was overmatched, and I think that's going to be a uh, a huge priority in the offseason for Alabama because obviously there's still going to be plenty talented on the roster. Yeah, um, I think that Saban could use a little more help on the coaching staff, um, and that was that was really underscored in this game does butch jones get an, uh, a promotion out of intern i mean i'm honestly sure he's part of the problem too i don't <laughs> <laughs> like it. seeing him on the sideline early was just so great like, it's like this is why it's happening first and last time he will ever be on the sideline for a national championship yeah. game yeah so i i guess that's that's an appropriate end to his season it is um yeah, so that's it for college football. Um, we will season four we'll by. Yeah, we'll be back in August to uh, to preview the 2019 season. But yeah, it was uh, it's another it's another good one. It was. Um, but we move on to to college basketball. Um, Here we go. We will be for the the He's duration of John the Rothstein. season. Yeah. <laughs> um, Start with uh, the usual segment, most impressive, least impressive team of the week. Let's just start again. Uh, Who's your most impressive team last week? So I had two teams that were fighting it out for the top spot. I ended up going with my Big East bias. Um, I took St. John's, 20-point win over Marquette, and then an an overtime win over Georgetown. No, Georgetown is not a great team. They were without Mac McClung, who's been really good this year, surprisingly so, but they won. I mean, they bounced back from, I will blatantly say, a blown call against Seton Hall, a game my my Pirates won. Wow. They did Very not. big of you. That, that was not the reason they lost that game. It was the fact that they scored seven points over the final six minutes and couldn't hit two front ends of one and ones in the final minute. But that call gets made the other way. They win the game. Uh, anyways, they bounced back very nicely from that. Shimori Pons continues to put his stamp on the fact that he is the best point guard in college basketball. And this this team, while they might not have depth, finds ways to win, and uh, they get after it on both ends of the floor, even when a guy like Mustafa Heron isn't, doesn't have it going. So I took St. John's. There's another team I was thinking of, and I hope you picked them. Otherwise, uh, this, is, this is just weird. Uh, was it Iowa State? Cause no, that's who cause I want with. They were number um, three for me. Virginia uh, was my next team. Oh well, yeah, that's I would never. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I got got to go. Iowa State, uh, big win over Kansas. Though I am watching their game right now. They're losing to Baylor. Uh, right. It'd be a real shame by the time <laughs> yeah. this comes out. They lost the night before, but um, I guess 
Shout out to Virginia for letting Mariel Shayok transfer um, to Iowa State. He's yep. having a phenomenal season so far. Leading scorer in the Big 12. Um, 24 points against Kansas. 5 for 5 on threes. Um, it's another it's another transfer-heavy team. Michael Jacobson from Nebraska has been phenomenal as well. Taylor Horton Tucker. Um, Chicago What could have been for Illinois? Uh, yeah. Having a strong freshman season. Then, of course... Um, Lindell Wigington, who we talked about preseason, um, is playing well. Also, um, I mean, Iowa State's kind of back to the level it was under Fred Hoiberg um, after kind of a rocky start under Steve Prompts of young teams. Uh, But they look like they can at least be a a challenger in the Big 12. Might have a little more legs than we would have thought with Doak being out for the year at Kansas. Really gives a lot more... um, credibility to the title challenges of Iowa State, potentially of Texas Tech. Um, I think those are pretty clear cut. Um, the two biggest challengers to Kansas right now. And I mean, huge win at home at Iowa State, much harder time winning on the road in Allen. But I mean, that was a very impressive performance, really uh, controlling that game throughout. Yeah. And I, I mean, I feel like we do this. This is the third third year we've been doing the show, and I feel like each year, at right around this point, we've said, is Kansas going to lose the Big 12 for the first time in so long? And I don't want to say this year feels like the first time that it actually has a chance, because I thought last year was the same way. But no doke, this team looks so lost. Like, Diedrich Lawson is always in foul trouble. He's their only big man, essentially. Like, Mitch Lightfoot can't handle it. Uh, or at least can't handle being out there alone, and they pretty much play four guards, and three of them aren't great shooters. Gerald Vick is the only one that can shoot. Like Grimes and uh, Dotson need to get to the rim, and they just there's no spacing for it because no one shoots the ball. I was gonna say it's still way, way, way too early. Yeah. Um, to start that conversation, um, I, I think Diedrich Lawson is too good and will eventually figure it out. And also consider, you know, Quentin Grimes has really not lived up to the hype since he's come to Lawrence. Charlie Moore really uh, was transfer season from Cal has not really done much of anything. I would expect at least that Grimes will pick it up. I'm sure he's a lot on Moore, um, kind of his role in this team. So a lot of what he does is kind of being taken up by what David Dotson does. And, and it's, it's hard for self to, to play them simultaneously with good mm-hmm. results. Um, but yeah, it's, they, they look vulnerable, but not, not to the point where I'm starting that conversation. Cause I do think Dietrich Lawson's still far and away the best player in the conference. Yeah. Um, and I, I think, I assume they're going to figure it out until, you know, they start getting in some, some real trouble. And uh, if we, yeah. we look at this and, and like, Three weeks, uh, maybe it's a different story. But right now, I'm still still betting on the Jayhawks. I'm going to stake my claim early and say I'm worried. I'm not. I'm not saying okay. that I'm, I'm still picking Kansas, but I'm worried. I'm officially worried. Okay, really going going out on a limb. Now. Yeah, I am. Uh, <laughs> your least impressive team of the week, easily Nevada. I mean, I don't. I don't know who else we could pick. I mean, I do know who else, but. Nevada blown out, absolutely blown out by a seven and six New Mexico team without their best player Jaquan Lyles. Um, Carl- Carlton Bragg, former Kansas Jayhawk, 
made his way down to Albuquerque and is there. He had a pretty good game. Um, Mathis had a huge game. I I don't get this Nevada team. They are so big, so strong on the glass, and all they do is settle for jump shots and then get in foul trouble because they try and go over the top of everybody. No one attacks the rim. You know, the must bus needs to figure it out faster. And, uh, you know, this team should have gone undefeated and coasted to a one seed. But now they're probably fighting for a three at best. I mean, it would take a lot of losses above them, but there's, there, I think they're certainly out of the conversation for a one seed now. Yeah, definitely. I mean, some more fun stats from this game. Three players on New Mexico combined for 59. Nevada scored Jesus. 58. Yeah. Shooting splits were 33, 18, 59. They were like four um, of 21 or 22 from three. Yeah, not great. Um, also, worth pointing out, didn't even lose to the best team in New Mexico. Yeah. This is New Mexico <laughs> State's really, far and away better. It's really, really not a good team. Um, as of two seconds before recording, New Mexico is 144 on Ken Palm. Um, so this Jesus. is exactly the kind of loss that torpedoes a quest for a one seed if you're Nevada. Yeah. Margin of error was very, very thin to begin with. Um, so they were they were my least impressive too. Um, but as a a one A, had to throw Marquette on there too for right. absolutely getting boat raced by St. John's. Impressive win for St. John's certainly, but if you're Marquette, you got to put up a much better showing than that. Um, they had seemingly turned a corner, um, and and were you know pretty pretty clear cut. I thought top twenty, top fifteen uh, team in the country, but. I mean, really, really just laid an absolute egg here in what was a, a good opportunity to get a good win. Um, I think begrudgingly can can come to the point where St. John's might be a good basketball team, um, <laughs> but they they did not show up, and it's pretty pretty embarrassing performance by them. And you know what's ridiculous? We all this talk through in the Big East. Marquette's the team to beat. You know, St. John's looks really good. Seton Hall's coming out of nowhere. Villanova is the only undefeated team in conference play. They're two and zero. How does this happen? How does this happen every year? I, I, mm, it just frustrates well, me to no end. They are losing to St. John's right now, so that's our hope, right keep, there. Keep keep an eye on that game too. A lot of a lot of games going on right now as we're recording this. Yeah, so. this was a horrible so, time we picked, but we had I to just, do it. I just want to point out Iowa State was. My team of the week before tonight, should they yes. lose to Baylor? That's just <laughs> disclaimer. It's my disclaimer. Yeah. Um, the other big national story um, Steve Alford gone at UCLA after UCLA struggling barely over 500 and uh, just starting play in what is a, even for them, historically weak Pac 12. Um, Lot of lot of names being thrown around. Bill Walton suggesting Obama. Uh, <laughs> Dickie V throwing Rick Pitino's name out there. Um, he is two and one in the Greek league. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that that is wild though. Just like getting thrown there in the middle of the season. Um, yeah, but if you're UCLA, what? Uh, I mean, where where do you potentially go from here? I don't know. I've been trying to think of like a good candidate for them for a while. People have thrown out Steve Lavin. I thought that was ridiculous. Um, 
you 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 got to find a younger energetic guy that can recruit and I don't know where that goes. Honestly, the the most ironic pick and I think the funniest would be Shaka Smart, a guy who has struggled mightily at Texas but lands big recruits. That kind of fits the mold of what UCLA has been of late. It's like it's not all for 2.0, but it's certainly not far from it. I just don't know where you find that next guy to come get it. Um, Hoiberg says he does not want any part of college basketball. He's he's already looking at the Minnesota head job to really full uh, fill them in as the Timberwolves. I I just maybe Brad Underwood. Does Brad Underwood leave Illinois and go out to UCLA? <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah, he's really really earned that promotion. The job hop. I don't know. I, I, I've been, I, I took a while the other day cause I wanted to write about it and I just couldn't figure out the words. I don't know who they go get. I genuinely don't. Here, here's a name. Kelvin Sampson. Oh God. <laughs> I was thinking, well, Frank Hayes. I, I was initially thinking like Hoiberg obviously would have been the home run hire, but yeah. as you said, doesn't want to come back to college and kind of started thinking like, Herm Edwards you know, is second, out there. They want him. Second, <laughs> second tier, uh, like schools outside of the uh, the Power Six. Yeah, start thinking about guys in the American. You know, you like a yeah. guy like Dan Hurley. Maybe in a couple of years, he can make a leap like that. But I don't think he's really done enough at UConn so, so far in year one to really justify that. And I mean, like, does Mike Rhodes have a that, chance as at much VCU? As it, like, who who can you even think of? Potentially, I mean, the the A ten as a whole is not really great. struggling. Travis Ford, um, but they're not having a good year. It's he's, yeah, and he's he's got some some baggage there as well. Yeah. That's um, why they don't want Muscleman. He would have. I thought yeah, he would. I mean, Muscleman would be Muscleman would be a phenomenal hire. I think um, so if too. They could, if it was possible to lure Mike Mark Few away from Gonzaga, mm-hmm. um, see that. But I mean. UCLA doesn't really have an issue, obviously, with hiring coaches with checkered past. That's true. Look at their last coach. Um, but <laughs> Mark like Godfrey, Kel- Kelvin Northridge. Samson's having a, a phenomenal year at Houston, uh, one of the last undefeated teams. And, I mean, he's doing it with, I I don't even think, his best roster. So, yeah. I mean, you definitely at least – earn some consideration. Um, they're probably going to be aiming a lot higher than that and try to steal somebody from, you know, a power five school already. Um, I, I but, have two names now. One is a joke, but one is like half serious, but continue. No, that was, that was, uh, I, I think I thought of another one, but I'll let you go first. My, my joke name. He's in the state. Bring, bring down, uh, Lorenzo Romar from Pepperdine. (laughs) You're going to say that. Home run hire right there. Guy recruits like nobody else. Got the Waves playing great basketball this year. I have no idea what they're doing. But, uh, you know, he he fits in well. It's his second stint at Pepperdine. You think only way way is up. The other name, though, would a guy like Bobby Hurley consider leaving Arizona State for UCLA? I don't Uh, know. Potentially. I don't think it's a better situation for him necessarily, but the resources available there, the prestige, I mean, that is, you know, that's, that's what Hurley's yeah. looking for. He wants to get to a big time program and that's it. And like that, that he fits their mold of what they're kind of looking for a fiery young guy that can recruit. And then, you know, he obviously develops guards pretty well. Yeah. That, 
that's that's the thing basically they're probably going to first go after power six coaches who are at programs that aren't basketball centric like another name that came to mind was uh brad burnell over at clemson who who just like a year and a half ago was fighting to keep his job um and then the heck of a coaching job last year and Debo is bringing in a lot of money for football but far and away that's what the money is going to be reinvested into um they're having some success with basketball um but for him it's never going to be you know the number one focus um UCLA obviously they're going to go all in on basketball and they haven't been you know having the success of a blue blood as of late so that that might make it a tougher sell than it otherwise would be because mm-hmm. um, you have to look pretty far back in the past um but i mean honestly in that regard it's not super unlike indiana's coaching search um a year ago yeah or a couple years ago so that's that's kind of why samson was the first name i i thought of you know somebody crushing it on you know a tier just below um he's not an up-and-comer obviously but there's not really one of those that that comes to mind right away in the current coaching fraternity out there Nate Oates but I don't think he's really that guy yet could be yeah he could be maybe a a year away yeah I don't think they want to pull USC and just pull Andy Enfield out of Florida Gulf Coast after (laughs) one NCAA tournament run you know as entertaining as it was yeah yeah um but yeah that uh, that is the big question mark I think cuz I I feel like most schools that will have openings obviously we don't know who or where they are but there's usually like a a guy in mind for most of those places right away Yeah it's I mean it's also mid-season mid- Right mid-season firings in college basketball are are pretty rare um yeah. but I mean Alfred's a, a shitty person. I don't really have any sympathy there. Uh, but like things, things had really gotten so bad that they, they were left with, with no other choice. Um, Cause it's, I, I know they had been beset with injuries and suspensions the last couple of years. It's not like there's no talent on the roster. And again, right. they, it's not like they were playing as heavy underdogs in most of their games this year, and yet they were still struggling to stay above 500. So, obviously, not the standard that that UCLA has. Their their goals are reasonable. I mean, be a consistent NCAA tournament team um, can make second weekend runs. Um, they're not. I don't think they're looking for somebody who's going to have them in the national title conversation every single year. Right. They know they know where they are as a program currently, but I mean Steve Alford was was not getting the job done and there's really no indication that he was gonna figure out how to turn it around. Yeah, he, he almost seemed apathetic to the whole situation and was like, I don't think there's an issue when clearly there is one when you're losing by double digits at home to Liberty. Yeah. And Again, I, the the thing the thing that annoyed me was the uh, the people and some so called analysts are like, I oh, shouldn't have passed on the Indiana job. It's like, <laughs> buddy, it was never offered. Like there was there was no one there was no one in power at Indiana that um, would have 
wanted or offered Alfred that job. It was one of those things where like Alfred's agent or whoever like kind of were starting those rumors and then like removed his name from consideration to act like he had a shot at that job, make it seem the more Williams. prestigious and yeah. I turned down the yeah, job exactly. to take this one or whatever. <laughs> exactly. Um, but Greg Williams also like did something with his interim head coaching job. Like Alfred is just really shit the bed ever since he quote unquote passed on IU's job. So I mean, the things you hate to see, see ya. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. I think the last thing I was going to mention was, is Kentucky a good basketball team? Uh, we, we come back to this once again. Yeah. Uh, they lost Alabama in case you guys didn't realize this, but they right. terrible and, uh, in that game. So did Alabama. Yeah. Though. Alabama has some some pretty bad losses. This was their first really solid win. Yeah. Um, obviously, no Colin Sexton. Um, I mean, some of the guys they've had um, solid, you know, last couple of years, Braxton Key, he's filled Mariel Shaq's void essentially at Virginia. Mm-hmm. Um, he's going to be a big part of that team this year. He wasn't there, so I mean, can't can't really argue in any way that that's a good loss for Kentucky. It's a bad loss. Um, it's a good win for Alabama, first one of the year. But I don't think there's really anything they're going to do the rest of the way that that will put them in the NCAA tournament conversation. Um, I think Kentucky's honestly just doomed to this life. Um, you know, at this at this rate, they're going to probably end up being like a five or a six seed, um, which and is then, ridiculous. They played then, four well, yeah. good teams. I'll say air quote good teams: Alabama, Seton Hall, um, Duke, and North Carolina. And they only beat North Carolina. And yes, North Carolina is a good team, but they played like their best game of the season in that game. Yeah, and and that that is the thing that will stick in committee members' minds of like this is how good this team can be. Yeah. Um. But yeah, they they're, they're really not going to get any breaks the rest of the way. Um, playing against the the SEC, loosely, Ole Miss is pretty bad. Um, South Carolina, Texas A&M is pretty has, bad, has but a, they're in a has game a losing right record. Now. Yeah, South Carolina has a losing record. They just get a Florida game. Um, yeah, Vanderbilt without Darius Garland's should be easier, but I mean, the vast majority of the, the teams over half the conference are going to give Kentucky good game. Those are going to be quality teams. So right. If Kentucky ends up with a, you know, quote unquote, good record um, more so than just respectable, I think that's the seed they'll end up with. Um, I really don't think they can play themselves any higher at this point, unless they somehow win out, but I don't think that's going to happen. They need season I, I think, sweep of like Auburn and Tennessee and a run through the SEC tournament. Yeah, you, you just think well, just thinking of like PFT's Flacco meter. <laughs> I think <laughs> I, I think I think where Kentucky is right now is is Kentucky good? Yes, that's so, that's a perfect we'll spot see. for them. <laughs> we'll see. Which is kind of where that's kind of where Cal has his teams most of the time. Although they usually don't yeah. play this soft schedule up to this point. Right. But that's yeah, that's kind of the the roster he probably felt he had coming in and yeah. babied them a little too much. 
Yeah, I mean, um, that was really the last thing I had to mention for this week. But, uh, yeah, there's a lot of games going on right now. That's that's it for me, and that's what I'm going to do is get back in front of my TV. Um, Iowa State is losing by one right now. Just want to add that disclaimer again. They were my team of the week before the Baylor game. Uh, (laughs) So the results of that game notwithstanding, even if they come back and win by the time you hear this, just want to throw that out there once again clear that up uh yeah but thanks for listening we'll be back next week and from here on out it will be all college basketball through the end of the year so get excited here we go